0: Hey, welcome to the Resolve Podcast, episode number 58. I'm Carly Dezano, a New Year's Resolution Coach, obsessed with all things goal-setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year, and to feel supported every day along the way. One of those other concepts and habits and rituals that will also help you feel very supported every day for life as you work towards your goals and keep your resolutions and that oftentimes people set as a goal or resolution, even those who don't, I highly suspect it is something that they would like to see themselves do more of is eating healthfully. When we eat well and eat foods that are good for us and that nourish our bodies, we are in a much better position to do anything else that we want to do, not to mention all of the health benefits that inherently go along with that. But despite all of us knowing and understanding, I think fundamentally that we should eat healthy and for most of us wanting to do so, it is still something that I know a lot of us struggle to really integrate into our lives fully. So with that in mind, I was so excited to have our guest come on the podcast today to talk about how we can eat healthfully or at least eat healthy more of the time, how to integrate that into our lives, make that a habit, a ritual, and a practice, but without being completely overwhelmed with the idea and all of the steps that are required to eat healthfully and not just grab something out of the freezer most of the time. So today our guest is Andrea Howe. Andrea Howe is a passionate home cook and a mother of three. She's been cooking and writing about healthy eating for almost a decade, and her number one goal is to help people develop the tools needed to throw together a great meal at home that is both delicious and healthy-ish. And she says that all eaters are welcome. So... Regardless of if you are a picky eater or you will eat absolutely anything, we also talk about that in the episode today, this is such a fun interview and has inspired me to get in the kitchen and cook not only meals that Andrea mentions in this episode, but just more since I fall into that category of people who want to make healthy eating a bigger and more common habit and ritual in their lives. So without further ado, here's our interview with Andrea Howe. Andrea, thank you so much for coming to share on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. So to get started, can you share a little bit about yourself and everything that led you to where you are today?
1: So it's kind of a funny story. I have been a blogger for about 15 years now. And one day I decided to pick up Gwyneth Paltrow's latest recipe book, It's All Good. This was years ago. This was close to 10 years ago. And I thought, I'm going to just try this healthy Mm. eating thing. Give it a try. And it was kind of almost like a joke. And I just literally started cooking through her cookbook. And I decided to create an Instagram account, just documenting all of my trials with healthy eating. And really, honestly, like I said, it was almost in mocking fashion. This isn't going to do anything. And I actually really started feeling better. And I started, you you kind of get down the rabbit hole and you start doing a little more research. And one thing leads to another. And I just, I discovered that I actually feel better. And eating healthier, kind of also more aligned with overall health goals, but also just my, just kind of how I see the world. And so I've just kind of been on that journey ever since. And I actually, I named my Instagram account, Gwyneth made me do it. And I think too many people thought that I was a huge Gwyneth Paltrow fan, which I Mm. actually really wasn't. I kind of, like I said, it was, it was very tongue in cheek. And so I changed the Instagram name because I didn't want people thinking I was some huge super fan, (laughs) but I do have to give her props for getting me to eat healthier Mm. and feed my family healthier.
0: I have to ask, are any of those recipes that you
1: still use? Yeah. Her roast chicken recipe is the best I've ever tried. I've tried so many from Ina Garten to some some in Nostrad and hers is still, I think one of the best roast chicken Mm -hmm. recipes. She has an amazing quinoa granola that I still make on occasion. So yeah, there's a few good staples in there.
0: And what were you blogging about before you started blogging about cooking and meals? I've been through a few iterations.
1: Mm -hmm. I started as a family blogger and then I used to work in the fashion industry. And so then it turned into, I actually was working full time when I was still blogging and became a mother. And when I eventually left the fashion world, because it was just a little too, too hard to manage with kids, I decided to do like a daily style blog. And so I documented Mm -hmm. my outfits and then also my DIYs. I did a lot of like DIY jewelry and DIY purses and things like that. And so really turning to blogging about food was completely new for me. Yeah.
0: I love that. I think a lot of us go through so many reinventions over the course of our mm-hmm. lives and not all of it occurs so publicly. Like when you have a blog and you're talking about one thing, and then you explore this new interest on the blog, but it is a pretty common experience. So I'm sure many people can relate to to finding those passions and going after them. And even when they emerge from the surprising places, like a Gwyneth Paltrow cookbook, that Makes the story even better. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. It's
1: definitely something I'm trying to teach my 17-year-old daughter who's in her senior year and applying to colleges is you do not have to have it all figured out (laughs) right now. Right. And even if you
0: think you have it figured out, chances are it will change. (laughs) And that's part of the joy of life, right? Because it's what got you here. (laughs) Absolutely. So to dive right into kind of the meat of this conversation about cooking and eating healthfully, how do people do that?
1: (laughs) Oh, gosh.
0: Well, obviously,
1: some people and families have a lot more challenges than others. I completely empathize that it is not It probably comes easier to me than someone who's working outside of the home full-time. So I want to start that way that we, you always have to kind of meet people where they are. And so I have the luxury of working from home. So I could put something to cook in the middle of the day, or I'm, I can start dinner at five o'clock when I want to. So I do always try to keep that in mind when I'm talking about healthy eating and creating recipes and stuff. So. I love a lot of one pan meals because I think one of the biggest chores that people hate about cooking is the cleanup, Mm, at least for me anyhow. So I like to try to simplify and encourage people to like make as many meals as you can in one pan, dirty as few dishes as possible. We're huge into eating leftovers in our house. So I'll either make double batches of something, or oftentimes you just, you end up having leftovers. Mm So I'll have at least one night a week where it's a multitude of leftovers, one serving from this dinner, one serving from this lunch the other day or what have you. And also I really, I don't like meal planning by recipes for the week. And I think that's really, can really be constricting for a lot of people. So I'm not saying don't make a recipe. Don't try something new. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying, Too often, like we think we get these lofty goals of, okay, I'm going to make, I'm going to cook five times this week. Here are the five recipes I'm making, Mm. print up all five recipes. You go grocery shopping, you buy all this food and then life happens. One night you're too tired to cook. You get home too late. You get sick or what have you just, there's a million different reasons why you might not be able to cook everything's not going to go to plan and you're not going to be able to cook all five of those recipes you plan on cooking. Then you end up having food waste and then you feel guilty. And then the next week you think, well, I'm not going to do that again. Right? I'll just order takeout. That's a lot easier. It saves me, I end up wasting money on all this food. Mm -hmm. So I always, I love trying new recipes. So I always try a couple of new recipes a week. And then after that, it's just basics. I grew up very much, you had your plate of your, you had your protein, you had your starch and you had your vegetable. And so as long as I can have something on hand, some chicken breast or some ground turkey or ground beef, and then I can just make a very simple dinner from that. And then also, of course, things like the Crock-Pot, the Instapot, all those tools that are around now can be so, so amazing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Where do you find inspiration for trying a couple new recipes each week? I have a huge bookcase of cookbooks. Mm, Okay. Um, So I usually,
1: I encourage myself to go through a cookbook that I haven't gone through in a while. I also subscribe to, I get Bon Appetit, I get Cooking Light. And then I also, I love those recipe magazines that you get off of the grocery checkout Mm -hmm. stand. Like once a season, I'll buy like the newest fall recipes or the newest summer barbecue recipes. And I'll just breeze through that and and I'll get inspiration there. And then of course, inspiration from blogs. (laughs) I follow a lot of food blogs. I'm on Pinterest all the time. I'm always pinning Mm -hmm. things, follow a lot of bloggers on Instagram. So yeah, -hmm. multitude of ways. There's almost too much inspiration.
0: (laughs) I think that can hold people back. And so they just kind of fall back into those dishes they already know, or they know the protein, the starch and the vegetables. And so they just kind of piece that together, which is a good way to do it. If you're getting all of those categories into your meals, but I think it can sometimes just feel overwhelming to step out beyond that and to make the choices and then go shopping and then come home and still have to do all the cooking.
1: Yeah. That's why, like I say, like one new meal a week, just mm-hmm. start there and then, and see how adventurous you can get from there.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's almost exciting too, right? That's like the flip side of, if you know, you're going to experiment and grow in this area this week and try something that you are probably in a life, it's a meal you're choosing to make. That's kind of exciting
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: So as much as there are people like you who clearly love cooking and have such a talent for it, I love seeing all the photos that you post and your recipes on your blog. There are people who I know dread cooking and I'm not really Mm -hmm. one of those people, but I know people who are, who just, it's like always the last thing they want to put on their to-do list. So are there things that they can do to make cooking more enjoyable or any of the pieces of the process?
1: Yeah, I absolutely recommend, and this can be controversial to say, because there's things like package waste and stuff like that. But I think when you're just getting started and you think about how we consume food and products in general in the country, just by being alive, I think there's ways that we could overcome, like make up for some of these shortcomings. So like for first off, like I really encourage people to get pre-packaged, like prepared things like diced onions shredded Mm. carrots packaged salad mixes even most grocery stores now have all those things that you need packaged vegetables cut up a lot of now markets i see like they'll do packaged vegetables with the compounded butter. so you literally Mm. just have to put everything on there roast in a pan and it's all set for you and i know there's like i said Now you're wasting like a package and things, but I really truly believe that you're offsetting some of that waste by just eating at home Mm -hmm. and not going out to eat and such. So I like the encouraging shortcuts like that because those, the extra chopping and stuff can really mentally (laughs) hinder someone from even getting started. I also love things like frozen rice. We always have a huge Costco sizing of rice that we will make when we have time. Last night, I just threw a package of frozen rice in the microwave and that's what we had on the side. And it was one less pan to clean and it was ready in three minutes. Things like cooking or washing as you go. I'm constantly washing up after myself, washing a pan, washing a, washing utensils, wiping down the counter and stuff. And then like when my husband cooks, God bless him, he's amazing, <laughs> but he does not do that. And I mm. see really piles up at the end if you don't clean up as you go. And I also do weird little things like I will really work very hard to use like the same bowl for as many steps as possible. Mm. I'll just rinse it out if I need to. I won't do a full wash. I'll just make, make the second part of the meal in that same bowl or use the same utensil and stuff. I hate, hate, like washing multiple dishes and creating a ton of mess. So Mm -hmm. I work really hard to limit that as much as possible. So I think there's lots of little shortcuts that you can take. And so, yeah,
0: Mm, definitely. And that's almost a way to, I think you can kind of gamify it. If you're like, how many different ways can I use this bowl to make dinner? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) That kind of adds a a little bit of fun in a slightly different way. Yeah.
1: (laughs) one other thought is also for people who do feel like they they need to meal plan in some sense, I really like the idea of doing things like every Tuesday is taco night, Wednesday is soup night, Thursday is leftover night, something like that, so that you're not pigeonholing yourself into a specific recipe, but you just know tonight, whether you're cooking for yourself or you're cooking for a family, you set that expectation Mm. that tonight's taco night. It's not always going to be the same tacos, but it's, and it just kind of makes it easier for you when you're planning. So just wanted to go back to that. And then for me, speaking of tacos, the meals that I like, I fall back on all the time are tacos Mm, because you can make them so many different ways. The true Mm. California gal, Southern California gal here, Grew up on tacos. You can do obviously the ground beef, the ground turkey. You can make carnitas. You can make shredded beef. You can make shrimp, salmon, cod tacos. I feel like you know, Forrest (laughs) Gump, talking about shrimp. There's so many different ways to make tacos. I have a recipe for vegetarian cauliflower rice and lentil tacos on my blog. There's so many different ways you can do tacos. So when I can't think of something, I'll just take a protein out of the fridge and just we make tacos. Mm -hmm. So tacos are always great. And my family really loves salmon Mm. and I love salmon because it thaws so quickly. You can put the frozen salmon in a water bath and it's within an hour, it's thawed or less and put it on a sheet pan with some veggies and make a package of rice or something and you're good to go. So those are the things that, that we fall back on a lot when I'm too tired to really (laughs) come up with something really exciting.
0: Well, and I think you highlighted two really good things there with both of those points. And one is the idea of decision fatigue and like having to make a choice Mm. every single night for the rest of your life about what you're going to make. And then still having to make it after that is exhausting. It's one of those things people joke about like being an adult, having to decide every night. And so having specific nights or knowing that If you get home from work and you don't know what you're going to do, you always make tacos or something like that, that removes having to make that choice. I think that is super helpful.
1: Yeah, for sure. It has been for my family and maybe I'm just lucky, but some of my kids are picky. Some of them will eat anything, mm. but they're creatures of habit and they don't get tired of things. So mm. I can make tacos once a week and it, just switch it up and they're totally happy. One of my kids eats a peanut butter jelly sandwich every single day for lunch. So it's not, I'm lucky in the sense that I don't have to try to make these grand meals every single week to get people to eat. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, and that kind of goes back to the other idea of if you really like food, tacos or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches when you know that it's on the calendar you kind of have that to look forward to also and that is always going to drive you i think back into the kitchen and to making your own food when it's something that you're excited about and it just adds more joy as you go through the week to know okay well i have to get through monday but at least tomorrow night's tuesday so i get tacos yeah totally So you've mentioned some of your favorite meals and some of the stuff that I know you always have on hand, like the different proteins. What are some other things that you have so that you can just kind of whip up a meal for your family or maybe for guests on a moment's notice?
1: Sure. So because I said we make tacos a lot and these are the things that like, if we run out, I'm going to the store that day just to Mm -hmm. buy these specific things because I won't wait for a weekly grocery shop. I don't like not having these things on hand, things like tortillas and cheese and salsa. We always have that on hand. My kids also love quesadillas. So we make a lot mm-hmm. of quesadillas as well as tacos. So things like that. I mentioned proteins, I always have proteins on hand, canned tuna, eggs, turkey, bacon. We always have just plain Greek yogurt because those are great for snacks or for breakfast, fresh fruits, and then sandwich meats. My kids okay. love sandwich meat. So I'll make sandwiches for their lunches, but then they'll also come home. And we'll just eat sandwich made on their own. And then I love it because I can put it in a salad. I can make it in a roll-up. I can put it on a cracker. So those are kind of things like we always make sure we have on hand.
0: Yeah, those are great. And then are there any swaps that people can make to kind of conventional meals or just in general to make the stuff that they may be making or eating healthier? So I think
1: if you're just cooking at home, you're doing great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And obviously there's some meals that get really crazy- really loaded up with the fat content and with the sugar, especially if you're baking and things like that. And I would like to think a lot of times like the baking stuff, those are kind of more indulgences. And for baking, there's now the, these great monk fruit options and stuff that can lower the glycemic load and the sugar content and all mm-hmm. that that. But for just basic recipes, making really rich, goopy casseroles, <laughs> I think a lot of the meals that you make at home, just by maybe adding protein. Sometimes I'll come across recipes and it's carb overload, which is great. Carbs are great. We eat them. It's, you're going to feel better if you also have some protein with that. So like making sure you add enough adequate protein, adding more vegetables to the things that you're cooking. If, if yeah. the recipe you're making is really low on veggies, make sure to make a side of veggies or make like a big salad. Also, I find that if I make sure I eat my vegetables or my salad first, And I've made this really rich meal, like lasagna. I love making lasagna. I don't make it all the time, but it's a rich, heavy meal. And Mm -hmm. so I'll load up like on a huge salad first, and then I'll have a smaller piece of lasagna. So I think it's more about just kind of balancing the meal out versus trying to creatively make things more quote-unquote healthy mm-hmm. yeah. You know, but there's simple thing there's like also kind of like easy things if a recipe calls for sour cream you could sub out greek yogurt and that's going to up the protein content and it's going to lower the fat content little things like that same same thing like heavy cream you could you can most of the time use like greek yogurt things mm-hmm. like that but if it ca- calls for canola oil use use avocado or olive oil instead Mm -hmm. but it's more like how much are you moving the needle by making those little swaps? It's kind of hard to say in the grand scheme of things. So that's why I kind of just try to focus on if you're making an indulgent meal, how can you round that out by getting in more veggies, getting in more protein, things like that. And
0: I think you're right. It's much more about like the overarching healthy choices you're making by eating at home, by cooking your own meals, as opposed to like making the swap Greek yogurt for heavy cream or whatever it ends up being, or the applesauce for, I don't know, people seem to substitute that for everything. <laughs>
1: yeah. In baked goods, a lot they like to do. Yeah. That.
0: yeah. So what tips do you have for meal prepping? Cause I know that's like a big overarching thing. You see the salads in the mason jars. You see all of the people who go to work with a million little containers of the stuff that they made last weekend or last night. And it can seem overwhelming. I think the entire process or just thinking like that's one more thing to go on your to-do list. So are you pro meal prepping? We kind of talked a little bit about it earlier. And if so, what are some tips you have for that?
1: So I'm super pro meal prepping lunches. Okay. Dinner is a different story. Unless you're making like just a big, huge batch of meatballs to eat throughout the week or ground Mm -hmm. beef or what have you to have for dinner. Fantastic. But a lot of times, like if you try to meal prep dinners, what I've personally found is that by the time that night comes, you may not be craving that, or Mm -hmm. it just doesn't sound edible to you or whatever. But lunches, when you're having to stop in the middle of the day of a work day or what have you, you'll eat just about anything. You just want to be fed. (laughs) So I find that pickiness tends to be less of a factor. I'm not picky in the traditional sense of the word, but like when it comes to what I'm craving for dinner Mm. that night, I'm more of that day on the fly. This is what I want for dinner. So that's why I'm not a huge fan of meal prepping dinners, but for lunches, we do meal prep almost every single week. And because I'm meal prepping for two, I meal prep for myself and my husband. You got to get help. Got to get him invested in that Mm. or your partner, whoever that, that may be. Or if you're doing it yourself, great. It's a lot easier to just do one person. But keeping it very simple. There's been weeks when I'm like, taking out the recipes and trying to make three new fun rest three recipes to have these like really fun and fancy lunches mm. and it gets like, really exhausting. So on weeks when I have energy for that and I want to be adventurous and we don't have anything on the calendar on Sunday, great, let's do that. But when I only have a couple hours on a Sunday afternoon, I make sure that I set aside that time, make sure that my grocery shopping has been done mm-hmm. and I will make just a simple batch of chicken breasts or a double batch of meatballs or whatever protein you're choosing and you only do. So if you're trying to make five meals for every day of the week, do, you know, three and two or two and two, and maybe one special one Mm. and you eat the same thing two or three days in a row or mix it up. And I just do really simple, like a protein. I steam some vegetables or I roast a big sheet pan of vegetables. And then I'll make like a, a big pot of brown rice or, um, Quinoa or cauliflower. I love cauliflower mash. And then you just portion it out. And I personally found, like I said, when you're in the middle of the workday, you're just happy to have something there, something healthy to eat. And you're going to not be like, "Eh, I don't feel like this. You'll usually eat it. And so put aside time. Don't try to get fancy. Make multiple batches of the same food. And yeah, those would be my Mm -hmm. main tips.
0: Well, and you mentioned getting spouse or partner involved. And I think that's a good point about cooking in general and meal prepping. So you could even do your kids, but whoever you feel like you want to incorporate into that process, do you have any tips for doing that?
1: So like for the kids, I kind of have them do more emptying the dishwasher, loading the dishwasher, wiping Mm -hmm. down the counters, things like that. I have two boys and a daughter. My daughter loves to cook. She actually wants to go to culinary school at some point. So on the weekends, she'll sometimes actually make dinner for us. But during the week, she's really busy with studying stuff. So I can't get her to help so much with food prep or cooking dinner. And then the boys just unfortunately just don't have a huge interest in it. So I get them to help in other ways. Like I said, the cleanup and prep work of that in terms of setting the table or what have you. And then for my husband, I just tell him, this is what you have to do. I asked him, I asked him, but he's great. And so he'll get in there. Last night we made a chicken teriyaki stir fry. Oh, fun. And I said, okay, you make the sauce. And I text him the recipe. So he has it on his phone and he was just in charge of making the sauce and I did everything else. And just being patient. I'm the expert in this area. Mm-hmm. And so for him being like, this is a perfect example. He had to make a, a cornstarch slurry to thicken the teriyaki sauce. Mm he's I. Like, what is that? I don't understand. And <laughs> just being patient and explaining that to him, knowing that not everyone is going to have the mm-hmm. same level of comfortability in the kitchen as you. So obviously no one in any category of life, no one wants to feel put down. Right. Or, so try not to talk down, down to people, trying to just encourage them and, and be patient and being very specific. Like I said, this is what you have. This is what I need you to do. I need you to cut up these vegetables or what have you, not just like expecting them to read your mind and just come help.
0: And I think that can be kind of difficult for some people, whether it be cooking or in some other avenues, especially to be like, okay, I need to incorporate these other people, whether doing what they can do or what they want to do, exploring their interests and avenues and adding that help. Because sometimes just getting the help can feel like it requires a lot of effort, but whether it be, getting your daughter involved in the kitchen when she can, or having your sons help clean up. That's such an important and valuable way, I think for a family to come together. And hopefully it lightens your burden a little bit (laughs) as you go
1: through the week. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes it can be easy to just get caught up and I'll just do it myself because I'll do it the right way right, and it'll get done quicker. And that doesn't help anybody. It kind of puts you in that martyr syndrome and it makes it harder for you. And you're not, you're not pulling everyone out. To rise to the occasion, and you're not teaching, you know, the kids aren't learning. The spouse or partner mm-hmm. is sitting back and relaxing while you're working your tail off. And that's just going to lead to resentment and everything. And believe me, I'm by no means perfect. There's sometimes I lose my patience and I get annoyed and I forget to tell the kids to come help me. And then, but that's mm-hmm. what I at least
0: try to do. Yeah, absolutely. And what about grocery shopping? I know some people kind of prefer grocery shopping to the actual cooking. Some people are the opposite, but do you have any tips to make that easier?
1: Well, so for me, I really love to try to save money. I sit down with the weekly ad. I would say, first off, try to shop at the same grocery store. I know this sounds super basic, but I know a lot of people will bounce all over the place and shop at five different grocery stores in the area, especially if you live in like a suburban area where there's tons of availability, at least get to know one grocery store and know where everything is. So you're not feeling lost and you can jam in there and jam out and grab something if you need to really quick. And also that helps you get familiar with like their ads and their coupons and things like that. Mm. So for me, I go to Ralph's, that's my go-to. And then for certain things, kind of like random healthy things that I can't find at Ralph's, I'll get it at Sprouts. And then very occasionally I go to Trader Joe's. I love Trader Joe's, but I do not recommend shopping there on a regular basis. It's expensive and it's too easy to get caught up in all the fun things that they have. Mm -hmm. And so my go-to, like I said, is Ralph's. So whatever yours is, I look at the weekly ad every week when it comes out, see what the great sales are. And I'll kind of plan meals around that. If I know that a certain kind of meat is on sale, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to buy that. and I'm going to make tri-tip once this week, or I'm going to freeze it. So doing the ads, doing the digital coupons or the paper coupon, which are still, believe it or not around to save yourself a little money that can feel really rewarding and make you almost, almost make it like a challenge. Like how much can I save this week? And then obviously making a list <laughs> Oh yeah, and that's key. And again, like I said, like, I don't go in, I don't make a list and I don't go in with knowing I'm going to make these five different recipes this week. Mm -hmm. I might pull out one or two and then make sure I just have basics. Make sure I have things for lunch, fruits, snacks, vegetables, make sure that I have some proteins, the things like yogurt, bagels, things like that, and go from there and just try not to get sidetracked by all the fun, shiny things that are in the center of the grocery store, Mm -hmm. all the packaged items and stuff.
0: So related to that, one fun thing that's kind of all the rage right now in the last couple of years is like the meal kit delivery services. So do you Mm -hmm. have any thoughts on those?
1: So I think they can be incredibly helpful for a lot of families and seniors, actually for both of my parents and my in-laws, we bought that for them for a Christmas gift for one, one year, a couple of years ago. And we bought them two months of meal prep kits Mm. and my mother-in-law loved it so much. She still is using it two years later. She gets three meals a week. So I think they can be incredibly helpful and useful. I think they can get kind of pricey. I mean, you can definitely save yourself money by just doing a lot of the prep work and planning at home. But again, if it's between a family that's going to be trying to feed themselves out those weeks because they're just too time crunched or the parents just haven't figured out a way to work cooking into their schedule, then yeah, it's great. Those are a great option. And you'll probably still meal for meal, save money on the meal prep kits versus going out to eat all the time. And you'll probably eat healthier than trying to save money out to eat by going to fast casual. But I definitely think that long-term they may just not be super sustainable, but great for seasons in your life.
0: Right. I think that's a great assessment. And one other topic that has come up a few times that I wanted to touch on related to food is the idea of pickiness. Because I know that I don't really consider myself a picky person, but there are things I do not like or do not want to eat. So how is that as a parent, or maybe for people who are picky themselves, how is that something that should be approached or addressed or you just accept it? What are your thoughts on that?
1: So that's a great question. And Obviously this comes down so much to parenting styles and values and different things like that. So my husband grew up in a home that was very accommodating to pickiness. And Mm. like, we're talking extreme pickiness. My husband was kind of always a little bit picky but then he totally grew out of it. And he had a sibling that was extremely, and is to this day, still extremely picky. Mm. And his mom was very accommodating to that. I grew up in a home was where it was a working class family. My mom and dad both worked full time and you ate what was put in front of you. And there was no question asked. And so trying to meld, trying to come to a compromise, a, a mm-hmm. sane middle ground there. So we have one child that It's not extremely picky, but definitely has some food aversions. So some food aversions are real and are not just a matter of a kid wanting to be annoying. (laughs) Like they have different taste buds and are averse to different types of foods. And there is some science behind that. Mm -hmm. So we've always encouraged our kids to try everything. But where it's going to make the kid miserable, we back off. And so one of our kids, even just a couple of months ago, tried a vegetable that they hadn't tried in a long time and it made him gag. And so I'm not going to make anybody's life miserable, especially his by forcing him to eat that. So it can absolutely be challenging and hard and frustrating. And there's times when I've lost my patience, but really I've been dealing with this now for 15 years. So I kind of just make a lot of meals that can be deconstructed. And I keep in mind sauce is a big thing for him flavor, like in really intense flavors So I know that I'm making a dish that's in tomato sauce, for instance, which he absolutely hates. I will put aside, I'll put aside meatballs or I'll put aside ground beef and leave it plain for him and he'll eat everything else, but with the sauce. So I'm not making him a whole different meal. I'm just deconstructing it a little bit to make it a little bit more accommodating for him. Mm -hmm. And what you'll find if you, at least in our house, talking about it and being open about it is like it's hard for the person that's picky. They don't always enjoy it. He has said several times, I wish I wasn't like this. I don't like being picky because he knows it, it presents him with challenges. It makes things kind of a little more tense. It's not, we try not to make it tense, but it has at times made tense and he gets frustrated himself. So I think just, like I said, encourage them to try it, but don't force the issue, mm-hmm. especially if it's going to make things miserable and try to think of ways that you can accommodate those tastes, but not making a whole completely
0: different meal for that. Yeah. Those are great tips, I think. And some important ways to look at the concept, especially when you're dealing with kids and you know, your own kids best. So you know, when they just want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for dinner and when they really just don't like the meal and you don't want to make them eat it. And so I want to move into the resolution round so we can talk about goals and goal setting and everything related to that. So Do you set goals and resolutions? And if so, what is that process like for you?
1: I don't. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I definitely don't set resolutions
1: because I've tried in the past. I feel like I have a lot of things in my life organized and Mm -hmm. I'm good about, but I'm not one of those people that I don't journal. I may, I'll try to like start journaling and then I'm not consistent about it. So then I feel bad about myself and Mm -hmm. then I get down. So I've kind of just learned, no, I don't set resolutions for myself. I will set myself like a couple of business goals a year. Mm And on a day-to-day basis, I'll set simple goals, like get my 10,000 steps in, make sure I have my electrolytes, little, very simple, achievable goals like that and big picture goals like for my business. But other than that, I tend not to be a super strict goal slash resolution setter.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Are there any goals or resolutions though that you have set in the past, whether business or personal related, that you're really proud of yourself for accomplishing? So this is kind of an esoteric answer,
1: but changing my mindset. Oh, yeah. I feel is mind. something that I've tried really hard to do and work really hard at. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've gotten pretty good at. At that of being able to flip something on its head to where I would usually in the past have thought about something Mm. in a really negative light and be able to have a different perspective and look at it in a different way. I've gotten a lot better about that. And that was definitely a goal I set for myself. In my business and in my life, I'm not always great about it still with the kids. I think because your kids are, it's such an emotional issue for you. (laughs) So I'll talk through things with my husband and then he'll help me see things in a different light. But I've gotten very good at being able to very clearly see things like in my business in a different perspective. Well,
0: and that's the most powerful thing of all, I think, because regardless of what you may be working on or achieving or cooking in the kitchen, like having the mindset that you want to about those things is what's going to make the biggest difference in your life.
1: Yeah, I think mindset is like the basis of so much. Yeah. It's not everything, but it's a big part of it.
0: Well, and even that's a mindset. <laughs> (laughs) true. (laughs) Yeah. So are there any things that you're working on personally or in your business right now, or even just like what your daily goal is for today? So I, my daily goal for today is I
1: need to get a new blog post up and get my newsletter out. But my big goal that I'm working on right now that I've been working on for a while is I'm trying to reach a certain number of page views, page views on my blog so that I can get on this certain ad network that I've been trying to get on. But I'm really close. I'm hoping that with fourth quarter traffic that I'll be able to get there. My goal is I'm going to a bloggers retreat with some of my blogging oh my. girlfriends. And I want to have it done. I want to have reached that goal by then so that I can celebrate that oh, weekend.
0: That's great. Okay. Well all the listeners need to go to your website to get your page views up, click on all the recipes, <laughs> download, print them so you can make yeah. them at home. <laughs> <laughs> and then every week on the podcast, we encourage listeners to resolve to consider something or experiment or take some action. So what would you encourage listeners resolve to do?
1: Oh gosh. I think there's so many different things that we can all try to do to live a healthier life. Mm-hmm. And so maybe someone's already getting their 10,000 steps in. Maybe someone's already sleeping really well. So I think whatever, I just would encourage wherever you are on your health journey is to just really make your health your priority. Mm. And I know that sounds really like simple, but it's hard to give one piece of advice, like I said, because people are in different spots of their health journey, but just try to just think about your health every day. Am I doing what I can to live a healthy, long, I'm middle-aged now, I'm 46. And so I'm really like trying every day, trying to make sure I live a life that will give me the most longevity to be around for my kids and my grandkids and not just be around, but also feel vibrant and feel good and be strong and and have energy. So I know that sounds very basic, but.
0: No, it's so important. (laughs) And it kind of goes back to mindset, right? Because health is like the physical manifestation of mindset where there's so many different factors and there's always something new you can do or try or work on or improve, but it really makes such a big impact even when you make tiny changes. So. If just identifying, I think you're right, whatever maybe that one next piece is that is a little bit off in your life or that you can work to improve health wise is going to make such a big difference in every area. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think like health wise, I think sleep is so important, yeah. but there's so many factors of sleep. It's not just a matter of taking some supplements and then your sleep is resolved. It's no, are you waking up at the same time every day? Are you trying to go to bed around the same time every day? Are you eating too late close to your bedtime? Are you waking up and looking at the sun in the morning? There's literally like 30 different factors that go into a good night's sleep. So it always makes me kind of like frustrated when someone says, just sleep better. I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) there's literally so many components to just sleeping better, so-
0: Well, and like we were going into all the different components to eating better or eating healthier and feeding your body the way you want to. So that's part of why I think there's always more we can do to improve, but we don't want to be intimidated by that. You're right. Just like finding whatever that next piece is and tweaking or experimenting. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm going to add like a bonus one here that kind of bridges our confetti questions and our resolution round. If you were going to have listeners make one of your meals, what would you encourage them to resolve to make?
1: Oh, okay. That's a good one. Probably my hummus chicken. It's a sheet pan meal. It's really simple and it's very flavorful. I love that dish.
0: Okay. That sounds delicious. I'm definitely gonna have to make that. So everyone go make the hummus chicken. That sounds great. And then (laughs) it'll get everyone to your website too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And then we have some confetti questions just for fun. So we can get to know you a little bit better. What time do you get up? Usually 530. Okay. When do you do your best work? Between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Okay. And what is the best piece of advice you've been given? So I'm a
1: Gen Xer. So my parents were very much, it's probably not the most sensitive things that they've ever said to me, but they really drilled into me. Don't be a victim, which Mm -hmm. basically just means be resilient. And that's been huge for me in my life is just be resilient.
0: Yeah. And that's the mindset thing too, right? But yep. that makes such a big difference. What do you do to rest? I love to take like a 20 minute power nap in the middle of the day, if I can, like sometimes before
1: I go pick up my kiddos, I will just lay down and take a 20 minute power nap, or I will go and spend 15 minutes walking around the block mm-hmm. and don't take a device with me. Don't listen to a podcast, nothing. Cause I love podcasts. So I have to kind of sometimes force myself just to go outside and just don't listen to anything. Don't think about anything. Don't look at anything and just get outside.
0: Yeah. I think for people, cause I'm like, you like always have a podcast or something playing those moments when you don't, it forces you to be present in an entirely yes, different way. Absolutely. Favorite beverage. Oh, coffee for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a classic. And then
1: followed by champagne. I love, love, Ooh. love champagne.
0: <laughs> well, you're speaking my language. Cause those are like the two beverages that is the new year's resolution coach. I'm like, it's either coffee or champagne. You have to yeah. <laughs> have to play that up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Favorite TV show. So right now it's not my favorite TV show of all time, but the show I'm watching right now is Outlander and really into that.
0: I haven't seen it, but I've heard lots of good things. Yeah. It's based off the books
1: and I've never read the books. I just started watching the TV show It's a little violent. Some seasons are more violent than others, but it's a really like a romantic and visually stunning because it takes place in Scotland and in the new Americas and everything. So it's a really cool show.
0: Oh yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah. What book has had the greatest impact on your life? So for kind of just like creativity,
1: mindset, things of that kind of nature, The War of Art by Steven Pressfield, it's an amazing book. And I actually need to, actually, if I was going to make a resolution, it would be to reread that book every year.
0: At okay, the start of yeah. the year,
1: and just put mm-hmm. yourself in a great mindset. And then for food wise, I'm cheating here and giving you two. Oh, that's okay. But yeah. An everlasting meal, by mm. Tamar Adler, that just really—I read that in the beginning of my food journey, trying to like cook better or cook for myself more and eat healthier and stuff. And it's not about healthy eating at all, but it's just a book about how to cook at home. And there's not even really recipes in there. It's more just like. When you're at home, just this is how you throw some food together and make a great meal. And it's a really just it's a really interesting and kind of thought-provoking book. That's great. And what book are you currently reading? The obstacle is the way.
0: Okay. That sounds like a mindset.
1: That's a yeah, I love mine. I love yeah. books like that. I love all sorts of books. But this one is by Ryan Holiday, and it's all based on the stoics and stoicism. Mm. And the subtitle is Learning how to turn everyday challenges into opportunities, something like Mm -hmm. that. I'm not getting that 100%, but it's basically about mindset. It's about how to look at challenges and see them in a new way. And I have to be honest with you. I started reading it for my kids. In the teen years, it can be really easy for kids to fall into that trap of not having a growth mindset. And so I started reading it to try to help them. Mm. And of course, I'm getting a lot out of it too. (laughs) Of course.
0: (laughs) And what is a win that you're currently celebrating that we can toast with you?
1: So I have my blog, but then I also am a consultant for Beauty Counter, which is a Mm. clean skincare and makeup line. Mm -hmm. I fell into that through my blog, Healthy Eating and Everything. And then once you go down that rabbit hole, you start learning about how to feed yourself better Then you realize, Oh, I should probably care more about what I'm putting on my body mm-hmm. and what I'm cleaning the house with and things like that. So I've been a rep for them for close to nine years, nine years next year in April. And we just came home from our conference and we hadn't had a conference since 2019 because of mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. And I reconnected with some team members that we just had some really, I had a really open and honest conversations that really kind of broke down some walls that had been there. And it has really completely changed how we're working together as a team now. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it really goes to show like when you're transparent and you're vulnerable, it really builds trust and it can really, like I said, break down walls and stuff. So that was two weeks ago and I'm still feeling like super jazzed and energized and just happy about overcoming that.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. I always so. think of vulnerability and resiliency, kind of those two things, like they always go hand in hand and they kind of seem like two sides of the same coin, but I think they really are the same coin. They really do go together.
1: Yeah. Another book I read was called Dopamine Nation. I just finished mm. that by Anna Lemke. And she has a whole chapter about being transparent and mm. how that, how important it is to be transparent with people, with whether it's a, it's a patient, cause she's a psychiatrist. So it's whether it's a patient doctor relationship, a marriage, a child parent relationship, being transparent with each other is like the foundation for a solid relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And where can people go to find more information about you and your blog and your recipes and all the amazing things you're doing?
1: Okay, so my last name is Howe, H-O-W-E. So it can be confusing because my blog name is How We Live and my Instagram is also How We Live, but it's with that E at the mm-hmm. end. So you can find me on Instagram, like I said, on my website, both how and at live. And those are the two main ways I'm really active on Instagram. I'm always posting on stories and such. I love Instagram and I love interacting with people in my DMs and stuff. So yeah, definitely find me there
0: and and you can find my recipes at howwelive.com. Perfect. Well, I'll link all of that in the hummus chicken recipe. All the books you mentioned, I'll put that all in the show notes so people can find it all nice and easy. But Andrea, thank you so much for coming to share about your work and your journey and your recipes and everything else. This was so much fun. And you have inspired me to get back in the kitchen, even just like in the next couple of days. I'm starting to think about what I can make and what I need to pick up at the store. So thank you.
1: Great. I'm glad to help. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: And that is a wrap on our interview with Andrea Howe. I hope that you are inspired to get back in the kitchen, make a delicious meal. Maybe one of the ones that she mentioned in the interview today. I know that I am definitely going to be making that hummus chicken. It sounds delicious. And I will admit I am much hungrier than I was before this interview. So, I hope that if you are too, you will take what Andrea shared in this episode, be inspired, get in the kitchen, or maybe if that is a little bit out of your comfort zone, take some of those intermediate steps to incorporate more healthy eating into your life at least some of the time. Andrea had so many great tips and tricks and ideas to share. So, regardless of how proficient you are in the kitchen, how picky of an eater you are, we all can make an effort and take steps to make healthy eating a bigger part of our life. And so, let's get cooking. And with that, thanks for tuning into The Resolve Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Carly Tisano. I would love to connect with you. Don't forget to rate and review. It really helps other people find the show. And subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week. For the show notes or additional support in reaching your goals, check out carlytisano.com. Until next time, here's to all that lies ahead.